Welcome to Backseat Critique, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Ells, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I'm Jill Rigotti, theater lady with SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide. All right, we just saw... Marshall, and on the count of three, we'll give our one to ten rating. One, one two, two, three, three six. nine. Ooh, <laughs> that's even different. Well, no, it's even more different than the last one. Yeah. 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 <gasps> oh wait, it's technically the same number apart because you were five before and I was eight. <clears throat> Now, now I'm six and you're nine. So that's. And I was debating if I was going to say 8.5 or nine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was debating between six and 6.5. Well, until the end. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's a six. Oh. <clears throat> Dave, you got to start this okay. one off. So, a little bit about me. I think I just have a lot of pet peeves about movies that take place during that time that it's hard for me to get around. And this movie had a lot of them. Um, <clears throat> Such as. Um, for example, a main character who uh, embodies an oppressed person at the time, whether it's you know a woman or a Jew or a black person, when characters feel like they stepped into a time machine from present day and went back into the civil rights era, and they just have all the confidence in the world, and um, it's like they just they just know everything's gonna be okay because they've seen how it all plays out, um, and that was all over his performance. So I wasn't crazy about his performance, uh, nor was I crazy about the lines he was given. Um, so that was always something. that Can was I respond? Me. Yes, please. Okay, well I definitely see that. However, I thought that they kind of got away with those things that you mentioned because they had it be so stylized in film noir it was a very film noir biopic so that it had the smoky rooms and the dames with the red lipstick and the tipped hats to the side and so I think he kind of got away with those lines that were they weren't completely realistic I think the the there was some creative um, directing writing that that wanted to conjure that up, and that's part of why I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I think that there was a few noirish things like Venetian blinds that you know create lines on people's faces, um, but I didn't see enough noir elements to give me a real sense of style. So I, I that was lost on me if if that was an intention of the director. Um, I, I think noir also needs to have a few more elements than were there. There was no... Uh, well, okay. As I'm processing this verbally, there is a femme fatale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so there's a femme fatale, being that the, the woman played by Kate Hudson, um, you know, she appears to be a victim, but that she turns out to be someone who's trying to turn circumstances in her favor. Um... I guess you could say it's like a kind of buddy cop noir um, 
So yeah, the there's a case to be made for that. I and would have liked to see a whole lot more <clears throat> style. Yeah. St- steeped into that. I movie. think you and I both really like stylized things. Yeah. And so I think we both would have loved it if that was cranked up a bit. Well, However, it, it, if the dialogue's going to be like that, then yeah, you definitely yeah, yeah, need yeah, to yeah. make the rest of it. Sure. Um, sure. Meet it at that level. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, but I okay. Let me let me uh, balance my criticism by saying how much I loved the movie Loving, which also takes place during a similar time period. I think pre sixties. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm, pre-60s. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Loving is, a, you know, just briefly, it's it's about the um, Supreme Court case where um, uh, interracial marriage was legalized. But the courtroom drama was just like a footnote to the, the human drama that took place in that movie. And the understated performances and... Um, yeah, I, I just that's what I want to see in a civil rights movie. Is I want to see the people, people who are still human, the things that we have come to know those circumstances as in the future. I want to have those stripped away and just see the people. Um, and I think Loving completely nails that. And this one, I just saw like all the trappings of a civil rights era movie. There's courtroom drama. There's um, very um, uh, like winky performances by the main characters like oh if only these people knew how they would look you know decades from now kind of thing it, it just it just really rubs me the wrong way <laughs> yeah if I saw if I saw more of the style I could have forgiven that but it, instead it just was a paint by numbers um, uh, civil rights story the things I liked about it were Josh Gad's performance he was awesome mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. funny but uh, not just goofy I think he was probably the, the most human part of the story. Um, uh, I like James Cromwell, the lawyer, or the, sorry, the um, the judge. Mm-hmm. He was very uh, believable. He to me, he was not too um, rubbing his hands together evil. Um, and I, I like I like Dan Stevens, the the yeah, opposition he as did well. A good job. Um, but you know, like in any scene where there was like a reporter or like just like a faceless you know bystander they were just like so comical and just like rabble rousy and I, I just kind of rolled my eyes at that um, oh to me that's the style the stylistic choices they get away with it yeah you well, know I'll, the I'll trench talking. coats and all that yeah um and so okay so David let's just pretend like it was stylized stylistically you know more to the yeah. point where you could stomach it more um, so let's pretend that, and it's all, I think David and I always find it interesting when you take a, take a, um, a form that's historically, you know, either like a buddy cop film, two men, and instead of two men, you have two women and, and then you tell the same kind of buddy cop story with two women. Yeah. What does that show? You know, that, that in and of itself kind of says something different. So for me, I really was enjoying this man, this black man being the head, um, I mean, I guess in a film noir it would be the detective role, mm-hmm. but I was enjoying that a lot. Um, 
Kind of the Sherlock to Watson. Yeah, definitely. And then the, you know, and I was enjoying that. And then it's taken away. It's flipped on its head because the judge doesn't let him Mm -hmm. speak. You know, and so I think that was effective because we've been enjoying him being so confident. And then he's not allowed to... To speak. I don't know. I enjoyed what you, that. A lot. What did you think of his performance, Chadwick Boseman? I liked it. Just because again, I thought it was. It. I thought it was stylized. I thought he was the kind of, um, you know, the in film noir, they're kind of cocky. The they kind of know. Yeah. They know things, and they're gonna reveal things to the you know whoever they're talking to as they feel they need to. And, yeah. Um, yeah. But but we like them, and they do a great job, and they succeed. I mean, so to me, that was that was all there. I think it helped the story. I don't think it had to be told that way, but I appreciated the the, the difference. I appreciated that they tried to do that. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a movie about a court case, but so is the movie Loving. Or you could say it's so hard for me to have to be comparing <laughs> loving and this. I'm they sorry. are like totally I can't help it. different. But but totally I totally different. But they could have been similar. If the directors had decided, or the script writers had decided to write, like the script of loving is so different. I guess what I'm saying is, if this was really going to be double down on noir, it doesn't belong in a courtroom at all. It should. They should try and find as many opportunities to take the scenes out of the courtroom either in the aftermath or uh, in the lead up to a situation and you know have a really moody lighting the lighting was not very moody in this movie it was all like high key lighting um, so I, I don't I thought there was lots of moody scenes there's occasionally there's occasionally like Venetian blinds in the courtroom super smoky rooms smoky sure but I don't think the lighting was very moody um, ugh Okay, here's a question I have. Yeah. Oh, David of themes. Um, I feel like I didn't get two things. One thing, uh, this the significance of his wife having a miscarriage. I, I haven't thought about it thematically. My interpretation in the moment was, was simply that um, he was sacrificing a lot. Um, to be you know making these strides for black people Mm -hmm. in America I mean I'm thinking right now that there must be you must draw a parallel between this white woman who's terrified to the point of wanting to kill herself Mm -hmm. that she might be pregnant with a child who would be a mixed race child yeah and his wife who's devastated yeah because she can't have children that was interesting that's true I don't know what that says but I think two women talking about sex and right conception <laughs> must be paralleled right and compared but I don't really know what to do with that I guess yeah yeah you think that um like for our artistic license, if uh, the director really was hoping to make a parallel there, they would have uh, made those happen a little bit closer yeah, in chronology. Yeah, yeah. So um, maybe that wasn't there, but I don't know. But it is interesting. 
Okay, and then my number two moment is when, at the end, when they can't hear each other very well on the phone. Yeah, that that just was a strange choice to me. I, I did not understand it. I didn't think it worked on, on any level. Either? Huh. I mean, that's clearly such a... There was such a strong yeah. decision there. That wasn't yeah. just like... You know, the writer or the director was, really made that a strong choice. I was grasping choice. to figure out why, and I just came away with, well... If I'm trying this hard, I don't think any of the audience members around me have figured it out either. And it just feels like... I mean, I was... I'm grasping for, like, having a voice or not having a voice. Um, and here, this Thurgood Marshall is, is kind of being his voice for him the whole time. Yeah. Until the end. And he even was his voice in that he wrote the closing argument. Sure. So perhaps now that he can't hear him anymore... But he's still kind of... They both feel happy and they go their separate ways. Maybe uh -huh. it's kind of symbolic of like, I don't need him. I can continue doing this in my own voice. But they kind of end it... Like, they're just kind of like, uh, I can't hear you. Uh, all right. Bye. Like, <laughs> it, I don't know. It, it just yeah. kind of ends on this like yeah. unsatisfied level. And I'm sure that there was something intended by it. But I found it very hard to discern what it was um, but it, it I, I at first I was like oh this is fun like they're having trouble like there's it's tense because you're like oh I hope they're good understands right right it properly it doesn't hang up not knowing what the verdict was or thinks it was the opposite mm -hmm. um, but then you know if that's all it was it was about just the tension of communicating properly um, you'd think that maybe the line would have like cleared up or something yeah, by the end they'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they'd be like all right this is great. Or he said something about like, you know, like it, it something. Of, mm, ah, I'm just gonna say something really cheesy, but something saying like you don't. It's okay. It's okay. I can't. You know, I can't hear you, but it's okay. Uh huh. Have a good life. I don't <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. So Jill is not a screenplay writer. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be. Interested to also, read about people's thoughts Also, the performance of um, O.J. Simpson, Lawyer Man. Oh, yeah, Sterling um, Brown, I think is his name. Wonderful. He was really good, yeah. Really good. Yeah, so yeah, he was he was in the People versus O.J. Simpson, the FX miniseries, and he was awesome in that as well. Yep, um, and we saw him in something else, too, and yeah. he, we've just enjoyed him so yeah. much every time He's we like, see him in anything. Oh, I had a, oh, another pet peeve of mine. When actors uh, aren't smokers and yet their characters smoke, uh, oh. Chadwick Boseman's character was a smoker, but uh, Chadwick Boseman does not smoke, uh -huh. and that that stuck out to me. Like I a feel like bone. I usually notice that too, but I didn't with this one. Jill's pet peeves, which I don't. I wonder if you, this uh, <laughs> in that same realm. <laughs> I, I wonder if this. Yes, share if my you saw pet any, peeves. Any of this in this movie? Nope. Jill hates it when an actor is drinking from a cup like a mug in particular like, and, a, like especially a paper coffee cup and, and it's obvious that there's no liquid or anything at all inside it it's just an empty cup that they're you know turning this way and that and it happens all the time yeah. when like an assistant to like the boss is like here ma'am here's your coffee <laughs> and then she like grabs it and the whole scene she's just like waving it around uh -huh clearly showing that there's nothing in it it's like okay one the actor needs to pretend a little more two if the actor isn't good at pretending and doing working with props well then put water in the stupid thing put something in there yeah. so it's weighted for them you get your oh, thank you <laughs> i just blinded another car
<laughs> anyway, that did not happen in this yeah. movie. I also hate it when people order drinks or food <laughs> and don't touch it and then leave and don't acknowledge the fact that they didn't touch their food. Yeah. I think it's civil rights era historical dramas that, um, like the butler, I really did not enjoy the butler. But I understand um, why you didn't like the butler. I agree yeah. with you on that one. Yeah. This one, I don't feel like had that. Yeah, I might have just, I might have just been and going into David, it. David, heaven forbid, in some of the movies that we see, even if it's not about civil rights, yeah, that happens all the time in movies where, because the audience knows what we know already, the characters. I'm try- I wish I could come up with a good example that was totally separate from civil rights. I think what I don't like about it, like getting deeper into it, is that it robs that character of what it, what it really would feel like to be that vulnerable and oppressed at that time. Mm. For Chadwick Boseman to just be um, invulnerable to racist epithets and to um, just the, the systemic oppression. I don't think he is. He just felt like he was just skipping, like walking on water around everything. No, because he was the one. I mean, if you look at his actual life he he's not denying that I mean even in this movie he talk he references um you know moments in life where he was was not sure. the way he is now yeah he was like beat up and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and now he's required <laughs> it's it's not required but he it's necessary for him to to be like that to be the the strong um I'm just going to keep going and I'm just going to go to the next case and I'm just going to go to the next case and I'm going to do everything that I can I for this next person. But I wanted to see uh, Thurgood Marshall um, overcome something to get to the point where he's that confident. Um, I, I felt like... That's a totally different story. I just felt like it was too modern. David and I might get divorced over this movie. <laughs> okay, I'll change my... I'll change my score because... Of those moments that we couldn't clarify, uh-huh. those bug me. Yeah. So I'm bringing my score down. What are you down to? Two and eight. Okay. I'm up to uh, a seven. All right. We won't get divorced, guys. Because <laughs> I, I now want to rewatch it with the film noir uh, mindset um, and and see how much more... Yeah, it works for me. Although it was delightful, the crowd that we were yeah. with—we um, were the youngest by far. I think most, the majority, vast majority, were people probably sixty and older in the theater. Most, much older, and they were just audibly reacting to yeah. so many things. It was delightful. That bugged me because I just was like, oh, "These are David. just all these lines." That are just like winking at the audience, like you guys know, you guys live in 2017, and so no, you that's not what they were laughing at. Like, <laughs> they were laughing at recognizing <laughs> names of the time. I mean, people they, okay, like so there was those laughs, but there were there also was laughs nostalgia, like, like, and they were laughing at the appropriate laugh lines. They were they were laughing at the lines that were intended to be laughed at, but I did not like those lines. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're home. We're home. Uh, get me out of this car. <laughs> okay. Right, the dog is waiting for us. Yep. And the cat. <laughs> and the cat. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.